I invite you to take a moment, closing your eyes, keeping your eyes open, and whatever feels safe and comfortable to you. Finding a place of stillness, breathing in and breathing out. I invite you to contemplate the in-between. Breathing in the beginning, middle, and end. And breathing out again, a beginning, a middle, and an end. Letting yourself swim in the idea of the in-between. Finding tethers, finding confidence, finding the remembery, the remembering of the in-between. Balancing between the paradox of the curiosity of the newness and the refreshing connection to a memory. Breathing in and breathing out. The middle, the beginning, and the end. The silliness of the in-between does not show up linear. Breathing in and breathing out. And as you continue to contemplate the in-between, simply witness what starts to show up. What's landing? Breathing in and breathing out. I invite you now to come back in your body Come back in the now, come back in the presence of everything being in between. Breathing in and breathing out. Hi, it's Ryan. Welcome to your weekly dose of The Psychedelic Psychologist, where I invite my guests to share stories about their psychedelic experiences. We cover a variety of topics from overcoming addiction and severe depression to finding wholeness and spiritual emergence. Today, you're going to hear from a guest I've had on before, Genevieve. We're revisiting, we're looking at integration, and I am so profoundly grateful to be in the presence of her spirit. Genevieve, it's so great to see you. Wonderful to have you. How are you coming in today? Thank you. It's great to be here. I'm coming in with some very mellow energy. It's snowing outside where I am and it's calm and it's very peaceful and restful. I love it. Restful. When we were walking through the meditation, the in-between, what lands for you? How does that resonate with you? Because we have been integrating for almost six months now. Mm -hmm. 
I loved that. I loved that just visual imagery of that liminal space in between the tethers of a thing that we've been working on and something that I've been integrating. And it just kind of felt a little, truth be told, a little sloshy. I could just feel myself in the liminal in-between and simultaneously being excited by the free-floating, like you can kind of move among things in those liminal spaces, but then simultaneously grasping for the edges to create some boundary. And so I I, I felt a little bit of both. <laughs> well, and that speaks volumes to you having done this now six months ago, and we've been processing a ton. Can you paint a picture to right now, the in-between that you're in? Yeah, sure. So I'm a lot more comfortable with this concept of liminal space being safe. So prior to the experience of working with psychedelics, and just again, to give some context, the desire was to work with the psychedelics as a a way to reclaim some childhood things that had happened where I didn't feel surrounded by love and attention and acceptance and kind of those pure things that all children deserve to have. And so core to some of the earlier experiences that I had, I was I always felt very anxious and afraid to move through the world in a lot of ways, but especially afraid to move through the world in a way that was in alignment with who I was and hearing my own voice. And so the concepts of liminal space and unknowing were terrifying prior to that experience because even love and safety represented fear. And so really what I've noticed I've been working through as I've been writing, I'm, I'm definitely a writer and a journaler, getting ideas down to help really ground that liminal space so I didn't spiral out of control and not be able to integrate the work. But also I didn't want to cling to the work too strictly to strangle it. What I've been doing through my writing is softly creating space for myself to listen to myself and to listen to the voice that I heard during the psychedelic experience, because it was a very different voice of my soul than the one I had been listening to prior. And so what I've discovered is that the fear of being in the unknown was a fear that was laid upon me that wasn't actually mine. And so it was through the psychedelic experience in and of itself, and then the aftermath now of this integration, which is liminal, that I've gotten very comfortable and confident in the free-flowing, nonlinear, it's safe to actually not know what you're doing. So that's where I'm at. That means a lot to me. And let's go backwards, just like anything super liminal is this idea, Genevieve, that safe in knowing nothing, safe in knowing what we don't know. How did you get there? And what are you trusting in that? The fact that we are uncertain in a way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. For me, the fear always presented itself as a lack of confidence in my own abilities or a lack of confidence in me. Again, this is pre-psychedelic experience. And, and that's primarily because the internal voice that operated was a borrowed voice that wasn't mine, that was really just representative of, of fears that had been either taught to me 
or fears that I manufactured from feeling a chronic lack of safety in moving through the world. Or really also it was very much a disconnection from my voice. And so I don't think it was a misinterpretation of my spirit at the time to be afraid of how I was moving through the world because I think in some ways the psychedelic experience taught me that it wasn't it wasn't my voice that I was aligning to. And that is scary. So in a way, like the information was actually very profound and real and important. Right. Yeah, yeah. And you, you bring up a huge point that I want to touch upon, especially new to the world of psychedelics, is this idea of it could be very depersonalizing for someone. And so you're articulating something so important in harm reduction of integration, which is this idea that we need to have some concrete reconnection to self and some stabilization of who we are because it can become super depersonalizing if we attach to the lineal empty void of well, who am i what did i just learn whose voice was that right so mm -hmm. what i'm becoming more and more reassured within what you're saying is that you're capable of kind of going between the two knowing when you can kind of release and surrender and when you need to be grounded and concrete to who you are in this body absolutely and there's such there's such truth in that paradox that i've discovered in this 6 months of integration which is i've gotten so much better because of my experience with myself during the psychedelic experience I got clarity of of my voice being my voice because it felt like an intense homecoming. It felt like almost from the moment that I remembered starting the experience of just being fully in alignment and fully actually in my body, even though I was out of my body in, in some ways psychedelically. And so that almost like fired up this awareness of a knowing that then in this integration phase, I've been writing through and kind of like flaming that knowing. And so what I've discovered in this six months of integration and my writing, quote unquote, through it, is it's given me more power to know whose voice is talking. It, it, I do have the fear voice in me. We all do. Mine was, I think, way overshadowing. Oh, not overshadowing. Maybe overshadowing my actual voice. And through the psychedelic experience, I realized, like, I am I'm way more trusting than my fears are. I'm way softer than my fears are. I'm way more compassionate than my fears are. And the more I started to kind of attune to that and then write through it very deliberately, very strategically, I think I've been through two journals at this point, it allows me to see who's talking. And then I can say, now I'm getting just so much better about when I'm in the immediacies of moments when fears come up where I feel that being in the middle of a liminal space and I'm afraid and I want to like tether to one side or the other just to cling to something. I'm reminded like, no, actually, remember, you're fully in control of this moment, even though you have no idea how it's mapping out. If you listen to this voice of intuition, if you listen to this voice of compassion, if you listen to this voice of who you know it to be fully you, then there's absolutely nothing to be afraid of. But that's taken time and that's taken conditioning and that's taken kind of like literal strength training, spiritual strength training every day to sit with myself and attune to that voice and give it its attention. And there are times even in my journal that I'll write in different colors to see like, well, whose voice is like, 
whose interpretation is that? Is that fear's interpretation or is that your interpretation? And so the liminal space is providing a really beautiful place to kind of do that, I say, contingent and recursive work. It's like it's always in the immediacy of the moment and it's back and forth and up and down all around. The integration of your parts is quite a wonderful opportunity to witness. I am completely grateful to hear just the folding in, as I've known you to say. Mm -hmm. Can you speak about that folding in process that I'm seeing right now? Yeah, it's really kind of, uh, I don't know what the right word is. Magical is the first thing that came to mind, but then I paused myself because it's like, Maybe it's people all about fairies. That. We're all about fairies <laughs> and magic. It's okay to be magical. It, it, it's magical in that when I'm writing through something after I've, you know, every day, I've not, it's not every single day, but most days I, I attend after the, the psychedelic session to sit with myself, even if it's 10 minutes, and just reflect on what I'm feeling or what I'm experiencing in my daily life and just and write about that or even write about what I noticed um, and remember from the psychedelic experience, the things that came up to my consciousness to take a look at. And so when I would write all of that down, I would then even, I'd put it away and I'd close the journal. And then a couple weeks later, I would just, instead of writing again an entry for that day, I would just go back and reread what I wrote and then write in the margins of that. And so it, it was that folding over is almost like I wasn't writing anything new. I was just going back with a new set of eyes that had been integrating for another two to three months. And I went back to what I wrote about a month after the session. And I could even I could even see my developing awareness of the self in just the immediacy after the psychedelic experience. And then when I'd come back several months later to my own writing using a different colored pen, it was like a higher level of self interpreting that interpretation and it, it's, it would be really beautiful it would bring tears to my eyes because it's like I knew what I knew then when I was writing through it but to know that in such a short amount of time be it even a couple months that I could come back with more evolved spiritual eyes of of my full self seeing my own writing I could even then be more compassionate with myself even that self that was writing a couple months you know after the experience. And so it just keeps it just keeps enlivening and producing compassion. That's and then remarkable. the more compassion, yeah, and then the more compassion I I re revisit myself with when I go back and reread my writing, the more insight opens up. It's like that's like the magical key. It's like yeah. self. What a, and what a cleansing story you're telling of this idea of not being scared to go back and revisit and re because so often as you're learning is, well, let's just do more and do it again. And here you are as you're, I love the idea of folding into it, folding over into it, expanding into it with compassion and insight and not going, oh, I have to just take it almost for surface level, right? So there's a depth process that I am witnessing. Yeah. Yeah. And to give some more concrete examples, like one would be like kind of just writing through and what it, during the psychedelic experience, having these fears come up that I thought were real and I thought they were mine or, again, these core wounds, right, distilling it down to a core wound that one has of being like either unlovable or being a source of pain. 
And when I would write down what I would notice about core feelings of unlovableness or sources of pain, I'd have to be in that moment to really be honest with myself, to write through that awareness of that, because that's difficult to face when one faces they have. Well, what's the emotion coming up right now as you're saying that? Well, it's very painful to realize that you harbor those own thoughts against yourself. When, when you have a psychedelic experience where you feel, where I felt very in alignment with my voice and my truth, not just in this lifetime, but in multiple, I was like, okay, that's right. I remember now. I remember who I am. And then when the writing kind of pulled forth, it wasn't, I was writing about those fears. And then I felt such self-compassion of like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you thought that for so long. That's, that, that's really, I'm so glad you don't think that anymore. But it was then in the rewriting, like when I would go back and visit those maladaptive beliefs, maybe one would call them. They would then produce more insight about why I had them. And then when I would start to realize why I had internalized beliefs of lack of worthiness or that my presence causes pain, that's when I started to get confidence. And I was like, now I'm aware. Like, not, no longer do I believe that once I've shed that belief. Now I see even more clearly. And so in some way, there was like this fierceness that came up that was just like, like, that's poison. And now I'm just angry that I was poison, you know. And so it unlocked again, the compassion unlocked a really healthy grief as well as a very healthy anger to how that got put in my spiritual system in the first place. That was never, ever mine. But yet I held it so close to myself because I thought, that that was mine to hold. Um, yeah, and what I'm hearing you say right now. Sorry, go ahead. Oh no, no, that that's a that's a very powerful rewriting of these scripts that I never saw before because I just lived my life in alignment with them. And the psychedelic experience allowed me to like be misaligned with these scripts that were very internally abusive. That again were never mine, but I didn't know that. And then once I discovered that and I could re-script it, it takes time, right? When I'm doing the re-scripting, I don't automatically believe it. But when I look at the lies objectively that I told myself, it creates more power to believe the opposite because then I have more awareness that, yeah, this was not, this was wrong to be treated or taught or unconsciously taught these, you know, these things that happen when you're in a childhood experience where there is neglect sure. or trauma or abuse. And my heart opens to you as you say that. And I want to also give you a remarkable opportunity to remember all the courage you're facing right now. It's not as if you're just keeping it cognitive. And what I want to make evidently clear is your immersing yourself in the embodiment of putting yourself in those emotions, coming face to face with what those stories were. So it's not as if you're just overly intellectualizing them. What I know about you is you're also living them quite intensely and very intimately. Are you not? I, I am. And, and as I live them, uh, I embody them and I express them to my children and to my family. Like it, it not only not only does the compassion and the love and the tenderness ooze back inward through my again journaling and the integration of the psychedelics, it's also 
pouring out of me in ways too, where I'm just not as edgy about things. And again, that comes back to that liminal space, spaciousness of you can actually be safe in not knowing. I didn't know that before. And not yeah. only can you not be safe in the not, you can be safe in the not knowing, it's actually the safest place to be because when you're in the not knowing and you're aligned, and this is what psychedelics has allowed me to feel, it is, I, I've never been more in, in, a, that, in that space of becoming that feels really authentic and real. And that feels the safest thing in the world. Thank you for sharing that. And as I'm hearing you paint that picture, the safety in the unknowing, are there things that you keep, for lack of other terms, in your pocket or in your heart to remind you that there's allies or there's people or there's things that keep you protected? How do you do that? Walking in with so much courage to the unknown. Mm -hmm. I'm just, oh yeah, I should probably finish my sentence. I was kind of lost there. <laughs> so uh, this idea though of what you're saying is, it, it actually overwhelmed me and that's where I was going is putting myself in a position of unknown and being safe in the unknown. I would imagine we kind of want to look over our shoulder or is there old patterns of saying, okay, I'm safe in the unknown, but I want the the anchor of reassurance or what what comes up for you? No, I absolutely need the anchor of reassurance. I mean, there is that duality of the liminal space is good because that's where I can now breathe and I can flow and I don't need to be afraid and I don't need to color in the lines, so to speak. Thank you. Yeah. I don't need the color in the lines of the fears and the maladaptive beliefs that were put in my body consciously or unconsciously. So I need that liminal space so I can kind of like redesign things, but but also it can get a little bit too too big. And so I call it like I just I need a form so that I feel freedom. Like I believe you you can encapture or encapsulate the freedom of the spirit, but within form. And so I see I seek those anchors through my relationships. I, I seek them through the tethers of the people who I know I can trust. And for me, the the work of becoming post psychedelic experience has also been about um, really developing that disposition of trust because part of the core of fear is just truly a lack of trust. And Thank so you. now that I trust myself first and foremost, now I'm finally able to turn toward partners, friends, peers, those in my inner circle. When I am scared, because those fears have not gone away, they've they they've taken a different shape and they've diminished in their intensity, but they're not gone. I find that when the fears pop up, I say to myself, "Okay, whose fear is this? Is this from the trauma? Is this from is this a, a legit fear? Okay, and then what's it saying? And then what I do is I turn toward my trusted people and i say can can you help me work through this because this fear feels really close together and i can't i can't pry it apart and so it's because of the self trust that i've developed post psychedelic experience uh, trust with a higher power as well trust with the universe trust with that there is an animating life force that is guiding me i didn't used to trust that before 
Whereas now that I do, because it's in me and I can feel it, and I felt it during the psychedelic experience and all of the integration after, my grounding are my people, that now I'm not afraid to turn toward them. Because before I was afraid to turn toward them because I was afraid to turn toward myself. That's remarkable. Mm -hmm. That's so remarkable. And what, what a clear picture I hear of courage and understanding and that trust of the unknown. I mean, in a way, it's a preparation for the ultimate transition too, not to sound morbid, but this idea that we trust the unknown and have faith in all of the objects and all of what we believe to be our truth. I would, I would agree completely because that primal fear, right, of that unknown can manifest itself in, in lots of ways in, in our micro moments of our days without our awareness. And I just feel that the work of, I call it like what I've discovered in my writing, Ryan, has been like a secure self-attachment. Like if you study attachment theory, like it's secure yeah. and secure. I was definitely insecurely attached to caregivers and I was definitely insecurely attached to myself. I was. And now I'm building that very self-secure attachment that I'm building for myself. And the more that I build that sense of self-secure attachment, the more, again, that I have that faith and trust that whatever comes to me, even in the great beyond, I will figure it out or it will all be okay. I don't know if I mentioned to you before how prior to the psychedelic experience and part of why I wanted to do it was having these just awful night wakings, awful night terrors, and just like waking up chronically like, you know, two to three times in a week in a dead sweat and sometimes just hopping out of bed. So when I'm totally unconscious, something was provoking these kind of like nighttime panic attacks that just quite didn't make any sense because I, I, sometimes I didn't remember them all the time and other times I don't remember a dream that woke me up. And I have found since the psychedelic experience and then the six months out now of the self-secure attaching that I've been doing through the integration that you've been guiding me with, those have gone away. Like, like those, I mean, that's, that's so huge. That's huge. That's so huge. That is huge. And not <laughs> only in the articulation that you're sharing it, but with the emotional confidence and security and reassurance. And that's, it's, it's quite a beautiful experience to witness you say that. And I know how huge that is. It's, it's so huge. So it's like, whatever was terrifying me, my, it was me and all, and you know, the support of the psychedelic experience. And then your support through the integration and the writing that has truly calmed whatever that primal fear was. And it also allows me then to be so much calmer and feeling a sense of safety in my relationships. I feel safer when I move through my day. I feel safer when my children go out into the world. And that does translate to the sense of safety of this curiosity of what's after this, to the point right. where I have told my girls, not that I talk about death often, but I have told them that, you know, I, I talk excitedly about it. It's not like we talk about it all the time, just so you know. I <laughs> know. <laughs> I love it. You know, up, right? I'm just I'm very adulting. Yeah. You know, girls, who knows? Like, it could be very exciting. And I just need you to know, like, if something were to happen to me, like, I would be okay. Like, I'm not scared. And that'll probably be different if I'm if I'm dealing with a chronic illness or, you know. Yeah, of course. We're all humble. I, we're, we're very humble. Absolutely. I I'm not. Saying. And I'm not calling anything in as a challenge to that at no, all. No, do I hear you say that? <laughs> but there is a sense of 
just utter deep, profound knowing that prior to the psychedelic experience, I didn't think I would ever grasp in this lifetime. That's and huge. Not only, and I'm not grasping it. I'm like, like clinging. I'm just settling into it. Yeah. Understanding it. Mm-hmm. As you said, unfolding it, exploring mm-hmm. it. And so knowing you, Genevieve, you um, initially came in thinking this potentially might be a one and done. And I wanted to taste it, test it, explore it. And now uh, with the beautiful articulation you've provided and the emotional understanding you're gaining, what is the in-between feel like for you? What's on the psychedelic horizon for you? You're right. I did. I did imagine it as a one-time thing just as an exploration. And since it was so powerful and profound, I really felt quite content after the experience, both immediately, but then also in this whole integration phase, I felt like, you know, I am already living 177% more. <laughs> Don't know why that number came up. I love it. 177% more than what I was pre-psychedelics. And part of me was like, you should be good in it. That should be enough. And and part of me can also say that is enough. And then I'm also saying, yeah, but why not continue to get closer? Why not continue to get closer? There isn't when we talk about when I the way I feel about love and compassion and kindness and all of the things that the psychedelic experience and this integration phase of it has produced. Why stop? Why deny yourself? from continuing to experience more of what brings you a sense of life and awe and beauty and self-reverence. And so I have a very special trip coming up in March to one of my most favorite lands that the very first time I visited changed everything in my life in terms of what I remembered when I went to this land, I felt like there was a memory there to there. And I'm going back to that same landscape in March. And so I'm really seriously contemplating doing a psychedelic experience right before I go to that land. And then maybe also right after when I get back as well. And feeling into that, you're going to listen to your intuition is what I'm hearing you say. There's no, you still haven't formulated that yet. And that's okay. No. And what I love about it is that there's no clinging to it. There's no I got to do it. There's no I need to do it. There's there's absolutely no clinging. It's just a, I could and I get to decide. And if I decided not to do it pre my trip or post my trip, the integration would still be producing really beautiful things. There's there's just no loss. There's just That's no loss. So remarkable. Wow. Tell me a little bit about how you're walking gently today. You're doing so much transformational work. Where are you seeing yourself be gentle today? Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that question. And before, I think when we discussed it, I had very a concrete example of it about how I moved through like my work day with gentleness. But right now I'm really struck by it's a lot bigger than that. When you answer, asked me that question the first time we spoke, it still felt very much like a, a practice that I was like, okay, today I will be gentle with myself when I open my email. Today I will be gentle with myself when I mess up as a parent and I lose my temper. Today I will be. Whereas now I'm like, you know, I just, I'm more free flowing with it. it it's just, it's more expansive. And so 
just the posing of the question is such a really beautiful reminder of how far I've come in these last six months of like, no, I am gent. I just am gentle now. I just, it's just kind of part of, of how I move. And that's really beautiful to be made aware of. So I really appreciate the question. I know it doesn't answer. Your no, it totally does. It answers it in the fact that it's becoming graceful. It's not like you said, so calculated. It's just in me. I just, I notice I respond to my work emails more gently. I'm more gentle with people. Like my daughter this morning was very frustrated with me that I made her wear a winter coat. Cause you know, it's negative five degrees out. How dare I make her wear a winter coat, right? And on her way to school, she didn't say goodbye to me when she left, which was huge. And I just was very gentle and I didn't say anything. I didn't yell. I, you know, I just was very calm and and within about an hour, she texted me and apologized and said, you know, I know you just want to keep me safe, mom. And I'm like, it's true. So that gentleness pervaded in that moment. And I didn't have to say anything. And she could feel my presence. I really wasn't angry. And I knew that she never storms off. And so in her storming off, she must have been really angry and frustrated. But I just held the space and I felt like that was an invisible form of gentleness that she knew that within the hour she could text me and just know that I was a safe person to come to, to say, I'm so sorry, mom, I didn't say goodbye. And the expression of yeah, that vulnerability and transparency is so beautiful. Yeah. So that would be one concrete example. I love it. I love it. It's always good, though, in the liminal space to know that, right? To have the anchors. I bow to the work you're doing. I honor your spirit. And I am so grateful to be walking the path next to you. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. Thank you for all the questions. And thank you for holding the space.